So here we are. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the It's a Good Day podcast. I'm Delight, and my co-hosts Wendy and August are here, along with Atlas Irvin, <laughs> is here. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> is here with us today, and we are joined by the lovely Brielle Kiliansky. Hi, Brielle. Hello. Um. Brielle recently was one of the people that we interviewed, and it is episode, episode, <laughs> episode 42, I believe, and on there she mentions a book that she had been reading. Actually, I think I mentioned it, and then she said the name of it, and either way, we decided we should talk more about it. Right, Wendy? Right. So did you finish that book, Delight? I have not read it personally. I do read a lot of books, but one thing that I've always done also, specifically, I have two friends that read way more than I do, Brianna and Natasha, and I would always be like, it's great because they read it. They tell me all the good stuff, and then I never even have to read it. I just like, you know how they have those things now that will like condense a book and you can read it in like Mm -hmm. five minutes or whatever. I had that always through my friends so this is another case I actually would like to read it right so if you would hurry up and finish it I could read your copy (laughs) so if someone tells you about a book then that is enough you like it wouldn't make you want to read the whole thing yourself depending on the subject I would want to read it myself to get my own things out of it but they would read subjects that I'm not maybe wouldn't interest me or are a little too deep for me (laughs) not that I wouldn't be interested in it but I would be nervous that I wouldn't comprehend it very well so then they would just tell me about it and I'd be like, great, all right. <laughs> so much like Victor Brianna on his old ladies mm-hmm. and their cooking stuff. Yes, Joel <laughs> also is here. Of and he is snuggling with his mama. Welcome to It's a Good Day Podcast. We are three friends who love to laugh and believe that through Jesus, even the tough seasons are good. You never know what will happen on our show, but we hope you will join us as we find the good in every day. So I read last summer a book called Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin, and I loved it. It is... Mastering the Habits of Our Everyday Lives. So it's a self-help book, I think is how it would be categorized. Um, But it's very practical. It has just tons of good ideas and steps and things to apply every day, which I just loved. I loved reading it and then thinking, okay, how can I apply this? And, And she says at the beginning too, Start reading it with a habit in mind that you would like to form. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that you can get an idea of like which of the strategies would work for you or yeah, that kind of thing. So um, yeah, we mentioned it when I was last recording and then it was like, we should talk more about this, which I'm totally happy to do because I don't know. I just love it. I love talking about this kind of thing. It's fun. You guys were actually talking about it too in your New Year goals episode. You were, yeah. 
So that's really fun. So um, it starts out, the book starts out by talking about why habits are so wonderful. And I think the biggest reason that we want habits or try to form habits uh, is to do something automatically, basically so that we don't have to think about it anymore. But that's what a habit is, right? Mm -hmm. So when you form a habit, it takes out the decision-making for said habit. So with um, somebody who has made their bed for years, wouldn't get up in the morning and decide, oh, should I make my bed or should I not make my bed? They just, yeah, interesting. They just mm-hmm. get up and without even thinking about it, without it taking any effort on their behalf, pretty much, they just make the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that concept. Like that... Um, I liked reading that, that it takes a decision out because I do struggle with decision fatigue. Like when there's so many decisions to make, like it's just exhausting for me. So I love the idea of like creating habits just takes the decision out of it. Like you're just doing it. Right. Like it it is a decision that you make every day until it becomes just something that you just do. Like you don't have to decide to do it. You just do it. I love that. Exactly. And that's such a perk because she says that, decision making I guess studies show that you can become exhausted tired fatigued stressed all this stuff depending on the amount of decisions that you make in a day so somebody that you know works somewhere where they're the manager or just have to be changing things a lot and are making decisions there they come home more exhausted and tired and are generally a little bit less happy Mm mm-hmm it makes sense. Yeah. So that's that. So I have lots of habits that I would always like to put into place because it's attractive to me to like, I don't know, routines are attractive to me and I don't know if it's, yeah, schedules or what. I love lists. We talked about that in my episode a little bit too. All that kind of stuff. The structure. I like that a mm-hmm. lot. It's fun for me to think about. So, should we just jump in? Start? Yes. Talking about it. Okay. okay. Sure. All right. So, in the beginning of this book, she has a whole bunch of questions that are to know yourself better. Essentially, it is when you're trying to uh, form a habit. She wants you to be able to set yourself up for success. So she has these questions. Are you or aren't you? Are you this? Are you that? So that when you're starting to get into the habit of making a habit, (laughs) you can, um, yeah, you can set it up in the way that will work best for you. So we're going to go through those. That'll be fun. Um, the first one that's really good to know. She has a framework that she created herself. She calls it the four tendencies. She also has a book just on the four tendencies. She just came out with recently. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So do you have it? No, I haven't read it yet, but I would like to because it's fun. So these are the four tendencies. Want me to? You good? I'll just keep going. You want to talk? Okay. Okay. So these are the four tendencies. An upholder, this is, I should have prefaced with, this is 
how you respond to inner and outer expectations. So an inner expectation would be like um, a New Year's resolution or, you know, saying, I'm going to get up earlier or I'm going to do this. So something that's just kind of you, you yourself are willing it to happen versus outer expectations, which could be like a work deadline or um, something that somebody has asked you to do maybe with them or whatever, an expectation that comes from Mm -hmm. somebody else. So an upholder is the first one and they um, readily meet inner and outer expectations. So it's fairly easy for them to be self-motivated or to be motivated by other people. A questioner is the second one and they meet inner expectations but have a harder time meeting outer expectations. They question everything. They question all expectations. An obliger does not readily meet inner expectations, but easily meets outer expectations. And a rebel, which does not meet inner or outer expectations very easily at all. They rebel against. They want no expectations put on them, mm-hmm. essentially. So so this is fun. So what do you guys think? Okay. So... We've talked a little bit more, you know, a little bit about this. And I don't know which one I would be. And I don't, in my head, I don't think that I rebel against them. Like, I like the ideas of them. But maybe rebelling is just that you're not, you're just not good at forming habits, keeping habits, having things put on you. But, like, when it happens, I'm not like, oh, actually I'm learning to be like no I'm not going to do that because I can't like I just can't be that kind of person I think I'm learning where before I'd be like yeah I'll do that with you that'd be so fun and then like it I never last more than a couple days and I don't know if that's just how I am or if I'm just not disciplined enough or what it is so do you think that within these four things it's It seems like it might be one of those things where like, okay, when we read these four words, rebel sounds negative, but like, I think maybe they're actually like all positive. It's just learning to work within the way you tend to be right. Right. Definitely. So like looking at it and saying, oh, I'm this and you're that, but you're a rebel. Well, like that doesn't mean that that's bad. And you need to change from being a rebel. It means you need to figure out, oh, this is my tendency how do I get it to work for me? Yeah. There's a lot of value in just knowing yourself like, and knowing how you work and yeah. Yeah. Like what motivates you? Absolutely. Right. Yes. Which I think is why these questions are so good to ask yourself because, um, self-awareness ultimately leads to better self-control. When we know something about ourselves, we can then find, you know, the willpower or whatever to, change it if we want to. Whereas if you just go through life completely not even knowing that you do this or why you do what you do and it's mm-hmm. very hard to yeah. tackle something or whatever. And yeah, she says she talks a lot about how each one of the four are very positive. Mm-hmm. Um so we'll talk more about the rebel too and we'll see if we can see if that's really what you are or yeah. Or not. And even thinking about the whole like making the bed thing. Like I feel like growing up I didn't make my bed, but one day I just decided probably I'm going to make my bed and I like the way that looks being made and it takes two seconds and I'm just going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a bed maker ever since. 
So, like, if your mom told you you have to make your bed every day, would you make your bed every day? Or would you be like, I don't have to make my bed every day? I probably, I don't know. Depends on how serious she was. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the type of kid that would just take her at her word. Like, I don't think. I'm sure I would have been like, I would probably have tested dis- a little bit. Tested to see if she was really serious about it or not. Do you think that's right, Letty? Do you think? It's you almost don't? like I don't remember, but yeah, I <laughs> I think you're You don't remember our childhood. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite subject. Oh man. <laughs> I think I even just like the word like tendencies because I feel like yeah, it's it's cool to recognize the way I would tend to be, but that doesn't mean like I like to use any of these things as doesn't mean you're put in a box then of that. It's right. getting out of that box. And for us, of course, like putting it under the lens of Christ and, you know, becoming who he's wanting us to be more like him. And yeah. yeah. And I think too, that these are just a small slice of your personality. Right. Yes. It, it's kind of big because it, it is how you react to things. I think a lot of times, um, but it, de- it just can totally depend. And she, you know, I could be, there could be two obligers that look completely different and it's based on so many things. How adventurous are they? How, um, articulate are they? How creative are they? How thoughtful are they of, you know, the others around them and just all that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it can look really different, I think from person to person, which is even why it's hard to peg people because you might think, Oh, they're definitely this, but it's not necessarily the case. Right. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the Enneagram. Like it's more about motivation and you can't really judge someone else's motivation. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I think that I'm an upholder. Mm -hmm. I don't have have a ton to say about it, but like in looking at them, I think that would be the most, the way that I would tend to be. And I am an obliger. I, I feel like it's easier for me to meet outer expectation than inner. I myself think that I am also an upholder, um, which definitely doesn't mean that you just have the discipline to always do everything that you want to do or what other people tell you to. Um, but it's just that you can be motivated kind of by either. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. It doesn't mean, oh, yes. Yep. I do whatever expected me of me and whatever I expect of myself. No, <laughs> unfortunately. Right. <laughs> but I might the reason I do something might come from either place Yes, right. might come from something someone else said, or I might one day, like August was saying, decide to start making my bed. Okay. Um, do you guys make your bed every morning? I do now. Okay. I didn't always. Okay. You yeah, do Braille or Wendy too. Yep. That I was do. Braille. <laughs> um, um, let me say, my husband makes my bed every morning. I was thinking. Yes. I, but, but before we were married, I always did. But then he, yeah, I've, I've talked about that before. Yeah. I love it. And he makes it so pretty. It's great. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Like if I, if I want to do something, if I like resolve to, did I say that right? Okay. Um, then I would go to someone close and say that I want to do like I want to start doing this every day and like and that then I feel yes like they keep me accountable even if they don't 
even if they don't keep me accountable, just like telling someone, I feel like I have to do it because I told them I was going to do it. Yeah. And interesting. Outer accountability is huge for obligers. It's the number one thing that will keep them on task or like going towards a specific goal maybe or something is having, yeah, just that idea that if I don't do that, they will know that mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. So that's, that's the biggest thing for them. Right. Um, for, I'll just say quickly that um, I'm married to Nick and Nick is a questioner. Um, so since we don't have any in our group here, I'll just tell a little bit about that one too. So a questioner basically questions everything and is needs a reason to do what they're doing, essentially. So what happens is they readily meet inner expectations because when something makes sense to them is when they will find it worth their while. Mm. So what they do is if there's an outer expectation that comes to them, they basically turn it into an inner expectation by mm. thinking, right. does it make sense? Or why should I do this for me? Or I mean, not that they're self-centered, right. but just that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Um, so as an upholder, sometimes it's really, really nice to have a questioner husband because sometimes I will just do stuff And then he's kind of like, why are you doing that? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I guess I just was doing it because that's what somebody said or somebody asked you to. Right, exactly. And so it kind of has that as a sounding board. And it's, I think that they always want to have more information. They're always looking. They want to, yeah, do the right thing. And they'll do that by researching, making sure what they have is good, correct. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. I have a right. feeling that Dionysio is also a questioner. That's my mm. guess. But yeah. Um, so this is one funny thing is that they just, yeah, they need a reason to do things that it makes sense to them. And so Nick sometimes will ask me different things. And if I don't have a good reason, he's like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have a, and you know, mm. and um, one time I was putting shoes on Levi and it was cold it was winter and we were going to the cafe and so I put his little boots on him because I was thinking when we get to the cafe he'll be running around and he doesn't want to have those big clunky boots on but it was really cold out and so Nick and I were going together and Nick was like why didn't you put his his big boots on because it's so cold out and I said well it's because when we get to the cafe and he was like okay okay that's fine good enough like, you had a reason. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just wanted to, yeah, see that there was a reason that made right. sense. Right. And so it didn't matter the reason. Right. Just that there was a reason. <laughs> just, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, probably would have been better to put the big boots on him. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, okay, okay, never mind, never mind. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So with the rebel tendency, I think that that is the hardest one because, um, they can't have that outer accountability. It doesn't do much for them. And also they don't like to have the expectation on themselves either. So it seems like a rebel is very much an independent. I want to do what I want to do kind of in a way. And so it's basically that they can do whatever they want to do. 
They just have to want to do it. It can't be this, oh, I should be doing this or I have Mm -hmm. to be doing this or somebody Mm -hmm. told me to do this. That makes them feel locked in and, um, yeah, they just, they don't want that. Right. Yeah. Does that resonate? Mm -hmm. I think so. Interesting. That's so cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's good. I think it's good for me to realize that, like, okay, this is just how I am. And, like, it doesn't mean that I can't still try to set goals for myself and try to do different things. Right. But. Yeah, it's finding out how to work within that so that you can make it be to your advantage, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so. It makes me wonder now. Like, I want to look back and think about habits that I have have created that if I have any good ones in my life, which I have a few maybe, but not, not a ton. You do. <laughs> oh, my word. Yes, I think you do. Anyway, but to look back and think, when did that start and how did that start? Yeah. And Interesting. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. So Like drinking more water. and There are a couple of – I'll mention it while we're going through through kind of the questions because there are a couple of things that stood out to me for a rebel but one of them is this sense of identity is kind of key so for you if you feel like if you feel like I am healthy and I'm a good mother and I am like all these things like what you want to be what Mm -hmm. you say that you are yes you will find ways to do things to make that true. Does that make sense? Mm. So because I'm a good mother, I'm going to be faithful in disciplining my children, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Or because because I want to be healthier, I'm going to drink water because that's what will get me there kind of thing. So it's not as much of a, I need to drink this much water every single day. It's more like because you love how how a bedroom looks when the bed is made, you'll make the bed because you love how it looks. It's, mm-hmm. it's just kind of reframing it in a way. Um, yeah. And also, like I said, kind of anything that they want to do, they can do. Okay. So then moving on from those, there are these questions of this or that. So the first one is, are you a lark or an owl? A lark being a morning person, somebody who does well in the morning and an owl being I'm a night person, somebody who does better at night. I would say that I don't know which one that I I am. (laughs) I, I kind of don't feel like I'm either. Honestly, I just maybe more of a night person, I guess. If I wanted to clean my whole house, it would be in the evening when the boys are in bed. I am more of a morning person, but a little bit of an owl sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely a lark like I, I'm way more productive early in the morning rather than late at night. But yeah, I guess I'll just add that to me. That doesn't mean that I'm like grumpy at night, you know, like some people are like maybe more of a night person. And in the morning they're like kind of wake up, you know, not ready to face the day where I'm like, I wake up good, but then at night, like I can also stay up late, but when it comes to product, productivity it's like it cuts off at a certain time mm-hmm. and right. I'm like nope I'm done mm-hmm. <laughs> right. which I think that's what it is like when are you feeling like at your peak like yeah. when are you more productive and um yeah I feel like I'm I'm a morning person lark yeah 
So with that, even that is so good to know because if you're going to start a new habit, knowing which you are can set yourself up to, if you're a night person, probably waking up two hours earlier to study for something is not going to work for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that kind of thing. Okay. The next question is, are you a marathoner, a sprinter or a procrastinator? So this is maybe how you go about tasks or a project or something like that. So a sprinter, um, well, a marathoner is somebody who, um, that's pretty self-explanatory, I guess, but kind of takes their time and goes about it maybe methodically or does a little bit one day, a little bit the next day, etc., until the job is done. A sprinter waits until the very last second and then boom, gets it, gets it taken care of and, and loves that. And I think that the sprinter likes the pressure of the deadline. It clears their mind. It kind of, they're kind of intentional that way. It's not right. It's not that they're wanting, well, we could talk about procrastinator. (laughs) Right. So they, yeah, they they appreciate the pressure and it really makes them kind of drive or dive into it to be able to do it. A procrastinator also waits until the last second, but feels like they should be doing it kind of the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe feel bad that they're not working on it or like think about it a lot of different times. I should be doing this. I know I should be working on this, but keep putting it off until the last minute and then they do it and they can do even great, but they kind of had that stress just, in their mind yeah. just knowing that they weren't working on something that maybe they could have been. Mm-hmm. So for this, I am a marathoner. Um, actually, maybe I'll say that last and give an example. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you guys think? I definitely am not a sprinter, I don't think. So I would say I'm a mix between marathoner procrastinator. I can definitely do things slow and steady and have them ready ahead of time, but I definitely can procrastinate things too. Mm. But I would say mostly probably a marathoner, but I don't, I don't actually know. Okay. I'm a procrastinator. Like I would wish to be, to have it done early. Always in my brain would think I'm going to do it the first day and <laughs> going to have it ready ahead. But yeah, I'm often, I often don't, and I'm, I get it done, just I'm doing it that day or whatever, and I'm, it's like in my head, I always know I'm going to get it done. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not somebody who ends up, well, I didn't end up doing it. No, I always do it. Mm -hmm. I always do what I say I'm going to do, but I'm kind of dreading it almost, even if it's something that I like. It's like, I can't, it's like, I don't, I can't motivate myself till the last minute. But yeah, I'm always wishing I was, and I'm a little frustrated that I'm not doing it. So I would definitely Mm. say that's a procrastinator. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to think about this one, and I, like, I guess I was thinking of, like, a big expectation that was on me. Like, when, like, would I do it slowly until the deadline, or, but just in this last week, I've, I've, like, thought of how I do things. Like, now all these things are, like, sticking out in my mind, and, like, even with, cleaning like if I know I want to deep clean my kitchen I can like clean out one cabinet and just know in my mind like okay that one's done and then the next like when I have 
more time, I'll go on to the next one. It's not like I have to do it all. Like I can keep, like keep it in my mind, like all of the things that I want to do and like just slowly get it done. Work through it. Yeah. Hmm. So I would say that I'm a marathoner. Yeah, that's great. I am also a marathoner. And an example is that I was, there was a shower recently for my sister-in-law and I was in charge of games. And so I, it was like a week before and on Tuesday I was figuring out everything that I wanted to do and getting that all kind of compiled. And then on Wednesday I was, you know, typing it all up and getting the sheets ready to be printed. On Thursday I was printing everything and putting it all in a bag so that I wouldn't have to do anything on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And it worked for me. I love it. But I think, I think that for a sprinter, it, that can feel to them like prolonging the process. Maybe Mm. like they like to know that they're going to set aside a certain amount of time and get it done. That sort of thing. Whereas, yeah, this, this kind of way of doing it would feel like, holy cow, you took that project and spread it out for four days or right. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. Like it's just how we think of things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It is. That's great. And I would think that a, probably a procrastinator is often aspiring to be a marathoner because there are definitely things that I do also do the same thing, do mm-hmm. slowly. It's interesting. There's no, there's no category for somebody who does it like way ahead and has it all done. I think that she does mention that a marathoner often would have things done ahead of time. Because sometimes, like, I will do that, and I love that. Like, you know, oh, that's ready. That would always be my goal. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. interesting. Yep. What's the next one? An underbuyer or an (laughs) overbuyer. So, also pretty self-explanatory. An underbuyer typically hates to buy, hates to shop where an overbuyer loves to buy and loves to shop. I am an underbuyer who loves to shop. And I am an overbuyer who hates to shop. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Um, I think that this is referring to lots of different things. And I think that you can be, again, different for different categories. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So for maybe house supplies would be one thing. For a party, you could be thinking, I don't know, would I go overboard or barely buy enough or um, those kinds of things. I myself am am an underbuyer. My husband is also an underbuyer. What are you, Wendy? Um, I am an overbuyer. But like you said, yeah, and I thought about it too. Uh But yeah, I think I am an overbuyer, but it definitely depends on, like with groceries, I'm not at all. Okay. And with home supplies, I'm like, or cleaning supplies even, like, I buy way more than I need at a time because like I have different scents and I have different, mm-hmm. yeah, like, yep. But it did. I had to think about that one too. Yeah. But do, yeah. You, do you know what you are, August? Um, <clears throat> sorry. I, I don't, I don't think I overbuy at all. Um, so She's under. a rebel. She thinks she does just enough. Just exactly. right. That is actually what I was going to say. Like I, I buy what I need, but I, it's, it's not like I would ever leave just one p- toilet paper there. But I would maybe leave three and be like, yep, okay, I need to get toilet paper. Otherwise, it's going to be 
too late. And like the same with like diapers and wipes. Like I, I have plenty, but I, Brielle and I are a little bit different when it comes to buying things like diapers and wipes. Like Mm -hmm. I buy the biggest package because, because it's cheap. Although I didn't last night, which is really funny. Anyway, I buy the biggest package to save the money and I don't mind having an excess of it, even though we do live in a small place. But she usually just will get like a smaller, smaller of it. Anyway. It's true. It's yep. interesting. It is. Yeah. I'm an underbuyer. I can't, even though I know that the big package is less money, you're still paying more up front. And right. that's hard for me. Right. And also having to store a whole bunch of diapers. But then I'm yeah. running to the store because I'm on my last diaper and that's stressful. So. Right. Oh it's my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Even this book, like you love this book so much. And when you said you didn't, you don't own it, like you got it from the (laughs) library. So like I, when you were telling me about the book, it sounded so interesting to me. So I got the audio version and then I'm like, oh, I need to have like the actual book. I love it. This is the the audio version and the actual book. (laughs) And I still haven't read it all even. And I've gotten it out of the library twice. I have it. (laughs) I love it. It's great. Yep. That's that so, wouldn't it be so boring if we were all the same? Mm-hmm. I know we all, we've talked yeah. about that lots of times in our lives, but it would be boring. Um, maybe I'll cut this out, but I love my example of this this one with my friend. I have a friend who would be an underbuyer, and I'm an overbuyer. But last summer, it was also for a shower. I was sending her because of hating to shop. She, I paid for the supplies, and she went and did the shopping. Like for a shower, we were helping throw together oh my goodness yes and it was really funny because she would maybe get just enough and maybe to me err on the side of like not enough where I would be like Mm -hmm. have way too much or whatever so she was package of those right so she was picking out like supplies like paper products and that kind of thing and I'm like oh yeah just get another one where she was trying to be really careful with my money because I'm the one who was paying for it and I'm like oh yeah just Mm -hmm. get it like I'll use it for another party or something. But it was just yes, funny, right. the, the contrast of the two of us, like, working together when our tendencies are, right. are different. Yeah. But Yeah. Right. And even as an overbuyer, I have said before, like, if I had the extra money to pay someone to do anything, it would be to get groceries. Like, grocery shopping is, like, even as an overbuyer. And maybe mm-hmm. that's even one of the reasons is, like, I don't like to go grocery shopping, but also like I always overspend and it's always just stressful for me. And so it's, yeah. Right. Exactly. I do overspend on groceries. Like Brielle and I go, when Brielle and I go grocery shopping together, (laughs) I'm always like, you only spent like $90 and I'm over here spending like 190, you know, like (laughs) I'm always just like, what? And I always run out of things faster than you. Yeah, (laughs) true. But I don't feel like I have, I don't feel like I have an excess either of like food in my fridge or yeah, it's weird. And I think that for this, it's so good to know because maybe an overbuyer when they want to start a new habit would go and say, I need this and this Mm. and this and this and this to form this habit where maybe they should cut back and establish the habit first and then kind of figure out what do I need whereas an underbuyer could benefit from going and getting a few supplies that would help keep that (laughs) habit intact Mm -hmm. you know yeah so yeah it's good simplicity lover or abundance lover is the next one I would say that I am realizing that I'm a little bit more of an abundance lover than I thought that I was 
I would say simplicity. And I'm abundance. Simplicity lover. <laughs> um, simplicity lover maybe would like the idea of less things, of fewer choices, of shedding, get ridding, getting rid of stuff, where an abundance lover would maybe like more. They would love acquiring things as opposed to getting rid of them and would want more options in general. Right. So what does that look like being an underbuyer and an abundance lover? <laughs> An abundance lover who likes to shop, but is an underbuyer. It's tough. <laughs> I think I feel a little bit at conflict with myself, honestly, because I, yeah, I want things, but they're not necessary things. And so I won't let myself get them. And then, of course, the budget comes into play, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. And I'm figuring it out more. I don't know. I'm, yeah, kind of learning to be content, too, with the simplicities. Okay, the next question is, are you a finisher or an opener? So a finisher gets great satisfaction out of bringing things to a close, um, seeing them through to completion, using the last drop in the shampoo bottle, etc. Whereas an opener is just dying for new, fresh, fresh ideas, starting something that's the thrill for them is to start the project um, or opening a, oh my, or opening a new bag of chips or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, I don't, I think I'm a finisher. And even if I was a millionaire, I think I still would be a finisher. Like I, okay, one of the things about a finisher that I just think is a funny, like idiosyncrasy is that like I get a lot of satisfaction out of things breaking like yes (laughs) yes that's hilarious because then you feel like you can be done with it yes so like even okay if it's something that I really loved like say one a a couple years ago my friend Brianna gave me a new mug and I really loved it and literally like two weeks later a kid ended up it got broken and so I was really bummed I didn't get satisfaction out of that but if it was like a mug I had been using for a long time and maybe it wasn't my very favorite, I'd be like, oh, good. Like, it's done. And I just throw it away and I'm kind of glad, which is just feels a little weird. But yeah, it definitely is the way that I am. Like when something breaks, I have this like strange satisfaction. Like, there oh, we go. Yeah. Now I can get a new one. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have. I'm a finisher mostly. And I have these pair of jeans that I love and I've been wearing them constantly and they just ripped and I'm like oh I wore them out like like, it's so (laughs) satisfying Mm -hmm. I really got all of the use that I possibly could out of them and now I can go buy another pair at the Salvation Army Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know when Dave Ramsey interviews millionaires he asks how much they've spent on a pair of jeans since we're using the jeans example and it's never more than like $40 or something like but But some people spend a lot on jeans, you know, like, yeah. And I think that even for some of these questions, that's a good thing to ask yourself because I feel like sometimes that can give you your true answer. Yeah. It's kind of that in a perfect world, I would do this. (laughs) Well, maybe that is telling you what you really Mm. are in the depths of who you are, who Mm. you are. You know what I mean? So if I was a millionaire or if this wasn't, Right. An issue, this would be my tendency. Because money this is plays how I want it, to go. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, yeah, or if I was perfectly healthy, this is what I would be doing. Or right. I, yeah. 
What are you, Wendy? So I am an opener. Hmm. I can relate to like a broken mug though, but it's more because I love buying mugs. And yeah, I have so many. It's because so, you're an overbuyer. <laughs> right. So when I see one that I really, like a mug that I really love, I won't buy it because I have so many mugs. So when I see a broken one, I even if it's one that I love, I'm just like excited to be okay with It's an excuse with buying. to buy it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But one example um, with an opener, I... And I don't know if I would have even recognized this before reading these, mm-hmm. but um, I wanted to do a, I wanted to listen to um, the audio Bible like in a year, like reading the Bible in a uh-huh. year with my kids. And so I opened, like just recently, I opened up my Bible app and we're doing like the chronological Bible, mm-hmm. but I started the, like just the Bible in a year where they go through the New Testament and Old Testament kind of mixed. Mm-hmm. I started the chronological Bible. <laughs> I started the Bible in a year, like with a study guide, like all of them were started. Like I wasn't sure which one I wanted. And I like started all of them. And oh like, goodness. thankfully we found one that we loved, but I'm like, Oh my word. Yeah. Like just starting things like oh, yeah. get me excited. But then I can totally just like not quite finish any of it and not feel bad about it but I'm just like it excites me to like start things I love I love the examples it's crazy how true these really can be for us right okay the next question is are you a familiarity lover or a novelty lover and this is one that I do think people can especially be different in different areas of their life um I would say for me I tend to be a familiarity lover Um, I, yeah, I'm comfortable in the familiar. I, if I go on a trip, that's wonderful and great, but I like coming home to what I know. When I go to a restaurant, I almost always order something that I know I will love. I'm not somebody who goes and tries something new on the menu. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that I tend to be a familiarity lover. So promotion focused or prevention focused, And this one, I think, is a little trickier. It's a little bit maybe harder to even understand or know which one you are. So it's this kind of idea of there are two sides to every coin. Um, So promotion-focused would maybe be thinking of advancement, making gain, or the idea of more. So it's just all kind of positive. Um, And prevention is more of the... I guess I would say pessimistic, um, which is okay. It's mm-hmm. thinking more about fulfilling duties that you have, avoiding losses or problems, and just the idea of less. So for example, when you're going to start a habit um, to say, get more sleep, would you say that you're going to get more sleep? Or would you say that you're going to stop staying up too late? Are you going to say that you're going to start eating better? Or are you going to say that you're going to quit eating junk food? Mm-hmm. So it's this kind of the two ways to look at something. And she really emphasizes this and says that how we frame the habit makes a huge impact on whether or not we keep it. Because, yeah, I don't know if it's just appealing to our nature, the way that we say it. And so, you know, when you say it the way that your brain wants it said, it inspires you to go or just motivates you to go. I don't know. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- 
promotion focused. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm preventative, but with a lot of things, I think. Like when you use that example of, would you say I'm going to get more sleep or stop staying up late? I would probably say I'm going to stop staying up late, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Prevention focused. Yeah. I, I think that I'm prevention focused as well. I've been really trying to figure it out and, um, yeah, we were getting the car washed and I realized that the reason that I was going to wash the car was to avoid it getting rusty Mm -hmm. instead of like having a beautiful sparkly car Mm, kind of thing with that being aside, it was preventative. It was because I didn't want that negative thing to happen. I was trying to avoid that from happening. Um, and I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's interesting. A lot of these questions, like it's hard to just know what you are right away, Mm -hmm. but like just thinking about it and then you'll, you'll recognize it. The things that you do like, Oh yeah, I am this or that. Mm -hmm. Like just reading it. I was so confused reading all of them. I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit of this, a little bit of mm-hmm. that. But then you find yourself doing... Noticing your things. Like noticing the things that you... Yes. Are. And sometimes it's helpful to know, oh, this is how I am in this situation, but I'm the opposite in that situation. Because even that can help you do what you need to for the area that you want to grow or form mm-hmm. the habit, etc. So it's, it's so helpful. Yeah. Yep. Well, this is so fun talking, but we're close to out of time. So, Riel, would you come back again and we can talk more? Okay. Twist my arm. (laughs) (laughs) I'll come back. All right. That sounds great. Definitely. Well, I mean, I guess we can all agree on what's good about today. Nick sent us coffee from the PB&J Cafe. (laughs) August loves to say shout out. Shout out. (laughs) (laughs) So next time we'll talk more about the strategies of Have a good day. Have a good day. Have a good day. So, Brielle, would you come back again and we can talk more about the subject and the strategies to struggle well. Just kidding. <laughs> Talk more about the strategies of habit formation, <laughs> mastering the habits of our everyday lives. <laughs> yes, more on the subject and all of that. All right, everybody, tune in next week as we continue talking about better than before and the strategies. Of what though? That's what I. That's what I was trying. <laughs> the habits of our everyday life. More like, more like. Um, to change your habits. Yeah, yeah. The strategies to Creating make habits better is- habits. Oh, Creating yeah. better habits. Right. Yeah. Like, the st- the strategies like, behind. <laughs> you know this right. is going to be the blooper. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>